One of the throwaway verses in today's reading from Acts is that after this wonderful miracle of raising Tabitha from the dead, Peter goes and stays with a certain Simon, a tanner. And uh, if any of you have done any reading about tanners, even now, but certainly in the first century, they were not pleasant people to be around, let alone stay in their home. It was a smelly business doing tanning, that is, curing skins of animals and other things, and it was considered unclean on top of all of that. And so there's a sense in which Peter goes and stays in a very stinky place at the end of today's book of Acts, which reminded me of something that uh, has become very popularly known, and that was that about a year ago on Monday Thursday, Pope Francis, while addressing his clergy in the Roman Catholic Church, said, you must be shepherds, he told them, who smell like your sheep. Right? Now, being good Anglicans, we all go, mm-hmm, good. Right? Right? So breaking up the hierarchy just a little bit, uh, the, going back to that controversy that we had in the 16th century with the Vatican. Francis, of course, is a good pastor, and he knows what it takes to be a faithful shepherd. You have to get down in the dirt a little bit and dust it up with the sheep. You have to be among the flock, serving And that's not just true, of course, for clergy in the Roman Catholic Church. It's true for clergy everywhere, including the Episcopal Church. We are always at risk of being at a distance, whether through formal structure or more likely subject to the judgments of both the people we serve and the judgments we carry ourselves. And they create distance between us and lead to a lack of understanding. So it's a worthy admonition to remember on this fourth Sunday of Easter, which is commonly called Good Shepherd Sunday. And the image of the Good Shepherd is very, very, very deep in our tradition. You have to remember that our most distant spiritual ancestors were probably Bedouins. They were nomads whose wealth was measured not just in the size of their families, but in the size of their herds, their flocks. They were not landowners, for the most part. They were wanderers, and they went from pasture to pasture, taking their flocks with them. So very deep in the tradition, you have the shepherd Abraham, and of course Jacob, whose sons are the names of the 12 tribes of Israel. Moses, of course, who was a faithful shepherd, leading a most wayward and difficult flock through the wilderness out of slavery in Egypt and into the Promised Land. And then you have those beloved shepherds, the judges, like Deborah, who, as the people got established in their new homeland, learned how to live with one another, and needed shepherds to guide them in doing just that. But there's a conflict that develops a little bit later in the tradition 
because arising after the judges are the prophets. And the prophets come as faithful shepherds of the people of God. But the people of God don't want prophets, they want kings. Samuel reminds them, as I'm fond of saying, it's a package deal, you know? You're going to get both the good and the bad if you have kings. But they insist. So Samuel raises up Saul, who turns out to be a bad egg at the end of the day, and then is sent to find a new king, and of course he chooses David. And what is David doing when Samuel finds him? He is out shepherding the flock of his family. And David becomes that great mythic king over Israel, and his son Solomon likewise. But after them come all their sons and progeny, and many of those kings are bad eggs too. And so there's this conflict, this question in the tradition, who are the good shepherds? Are they the kings? Or are they the prophets? And I think that question is not lost on John in today's gospel because he has Jesus talking about the good shepherd in the context of the temple and in Solomon's portico. Did you catch that? The sense in which he is walking in the legacy of the great ancient king, but Jesus has not been behaving like Solomon. He's been getting down in the dirt with the sheep. He has been out going from village to village bringing healing and the gospel, proclaiming the good news, sitting with tax collectors and sinners and fishermen who are stinky too in their own way. And he probably smells like them, which just adds to the offense, I'm sure, for the Judeans and those temple authorities who question this itinerant teacher from Galilee. Someone at the 8 o'clock service today said, I don't think it would be very pleasant if a shepherd walked in to Church of Our Savior this morning. She's probably right. I think we would clear a very wide path for that person. Give them plenty of room, probably back there where there are lots of empty pews, you know. But the flip side of that is, any of you who keep animals at home know that you start to smell a little bit like your pets, don't you? Or as the old joke goes, we start to look like our pets after a time as well. There's a way in which when we get into the dust and the dirt with those we live with, we start to look and smell a little bit like each other. Those of us who are parents know we start to smell like our children after a while. To a certain degree, our children start to smell like us. People we live with, we rub off on one another. What does it mean to be a good shepherd? In a day when it seems like so many of the authority figures in our lives have let us down and betrayed us, or sometimes trying to project power at a distance rather than engage us in the deep authenticity of our lives. What does it mean? 
I don't hear the Bishop of Rome's admonition just for the clergy. I hear it for all of us. We are called to be shepherds to one another. What does that mean? Well, it means starting to smell a little bit like one another, of getting close enough to know one another, to recognize one another, to hear the voice of the other and hear it as beloved, as known. And also to disclose the voice of the Good Shepherd given for us. You might think that God could have just stayed up there and done what good gods always do, and that's project their teachings and power on the flocks below, trying to push them into obedience, maybe with an occasional lightning bolt or two. But no, we get a God who, if you remember, is born on the muck and the straw, who walks among God's people as one of us, as the old song goes. A God who begins to smell like us. A faithful pastor who knows who we are and where we have been and who wants to lead us as the beautiful psalm goes, beside the still waters and to the green pastures, who sleeps out with us under the stars, who knows our stinky sides as well as our fragrant sides. So much so that we say about this God that he is not only the good shepherd, but we say... He is the Lamb of God. He has become so much like us, he has become a sheep too. And in doing that, he offers himself and invites us to offer ourselves in the same way. So how will you be not just a good shepherd, but a faithful sheep this week, following where you need to follow, but also shepherding where you need to shepherd. Getting one another out of a ditch, those ditches we each fall into on occasion. Leading one another to the good pastures sleeping out under the stars when needed, being present and attentive, even when life is just plain stinky, getting close enough to smell like one another, but to hear in one another's voices the voice of the beloved, the good shepherd who gives himself so that all might have life. This has been a sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing, welcoming community 
for those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You can reach us by phone at 415-388-1907 or visit us online at OurSaviorMV.org That's O-U-R-S-A-V-I-O-U-R M-V for Mill Valley dot O-R-G We wish you God's peace and we hope to greet you in person very soon.